Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're doing well and enjoying the last days of summer. We've got a special episode for you today. We'll be bringing you an interview with Imogen Heap, one of our good friends here at Warm. We spoke to her some months back when she was visiting Denmark to play a show on her first world tour in eight years. If you don't know who she is, Imogen is a Grammy award-winning singer, songwriter, musician, and producer from the UK, who, among many other things, has collaborated with everyone from Jeff Beck to Taylor Swift. But she's also one of the most forward-thinking artists in the music industry when it comes to using technology in cutting-edge ways to create music, interact with fans, collaborate with other musicians, and to create a more transparent music industry. The tour was also a launch for her latest project, Mycelia's Creative Passport. This is a cutting-edge, blockchain-based system that aims to create more transparency and efficiency for artists when it comes to things like royalty payments, collaboration, and keeping track of all their biographical information online. Imogen talks about the ideas behind the Creative Passport, how technology can create a more transparent industry, and, since she's also a long-time user of Warm, how she sees the role of radio now and in the future. By the way, if you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Play, as well as on iTunes. Just search for The Warm Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy. So you're on the Mycelia World Tour at the moment, uh, and part of it is to showcase the Creative Passport. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what that is? So, I'm a musician. I've been in the music biz for the last 23 years and I've been progressively getting more and more frustrated about the situation in the industry, how fragmented it's become, how many incredible services are out there but how we don't really know about how to find out about them and how, as, a, as, an, in, as an individual, not even just as a musician, I feel fragmented across all these different identities that I have, whether it's a social identity or a business identity, a collection society, a record label, you know, my various Facebook account, whatever. I just feel like, ah, torn apart. Um, so I've been aware of this technology called blockchain technology, which changed my life because I realized there's something in this which is going to help simplify all of our lives. How we're going to be me, be able to directly um, interface with one another and be able to have uh, less kind of complexities in business. So in the music industry, there are two things that I feel are really missing. Um, one of them is an open songs database or an open works database where it describes every song out there in the world, whether it's recorded or not, um, who wrote it, who performed it, who who the musicians, everything that you could need to know about a song in, in a place or at least linked and the people are able to find that data really easily. And then the other side of it which is really missing is a music maker database. So when you see, you know, whether it's myself play on my own records or me on Jeff Beck or me as a writer on a new song that um, Ariana Grande just put out, uh, or it's a cover of my song, or whether you see me as a kind of producer on a new Take That um, song that's just been, <laughs> it's not, it's an old version, it's a new version of an old song called Rule the World, which I've done some kind of production and vocals and stuff on. So all of those bits of me, whether it's a producer, engineer, mixing engineer, writer, performer. I don't have a place where 
you can see all of that where you know um okay so you see me in that song over there but it might not take you to any other places because that song might not have that data in a database so essentially a music maker database a songs database that's what i want to realize and what we're doing with the creative passport is slowly but surely hopefully organically grassroots style bringing to life a music maker database as we bring music maker to music maker online by verifying each other face to face with our qr codes um to to bring something hopefully that the music industry will start to integrate with uh, use so that we can start to author into and bring to life an open database of works. So it's basically a way of creating more transparency um, for artists. Essentially, um, so you see all this, the music services out there and you may see my work there, but there won't be any way of those services talking to each other. Um, I, as a musician, I, I am a connecting dot by way of my name. Uh, being involved in all those pieces of music, but I'm not digitally empowered to be that connective dot, to help the services talk to one another, to help flow of payment, to help verify information, or you know have an updated biography, for example, for Spotify or iTunes. There's no way for them to get that information from me. They're not going to like independently reach out to everyone and try and get um, you know through email uh, our biographies. How can we make it really easy for services to be able to update their systems with current data um, about the musicians that they're showcasing on their services? So for Warm, for instance, that might be interesting. You may be able to have a profile page for each artist that somebody might, if you have a front-facing side of the business, so that if somebody wants to look at you know, who you're working with and you know, what artists have used your service, then you might want to know, okay, well, how do we, where do we get a biography about Imogen? We don't want to bother her. You'd be able to link directly into my creative passport and have my biography. How do you see the importance of radio these days? <laughs> radio is so important. Um, it's the mixture of news, um, your, you know, things that socially interest you, things that audially or auditorily interest you, um, all mixed together in one. It's that I want to be. I want to know what's going on in the world, but I also want to hear some music, and that combination is a magic combination. So, so many people listen to radio, um, but it's quite. It's passive. It's um, you know, you're in your car, you're hearing a piece of music, but how could we further enhance that so that if somebody heard something on the radio and they wanted to know what that was, you could shazam it, I suppose, or you might sometimes with digital radio you can see who comes up. But how could we help the creative passport? you know, link to their songs so that if somebody wanted to know something um, about that song, maybe there might be an app that somebody could build so that you could be like, okay, I'm going to type in the radio station, find out the song, um, and then find out a bit more information. Or it might say, oh, you're in, you like this music? You might have a little thing that says, I like this music. And it would say, oh, Imogen is in your town, you know, I'm now in Copenhagen um, and uh, she's just playing three days from now. Would you like to see her? There just needs to be a better integration to all of the songs and data out there so that it becomes relevant to people when they need it to be relevant to them. And how do you feel about radio, which has kind of a human aspect to it with regards to curation, for example, uh, versus streaming, uh, which is becoming more algorithmically driven? Uh, do you think there'll be a place for both uh, in the future? Yeah, I think I think what we need to go more into is like integrated 
kind of multimedia experiences. So the value that radio has is, you know, there are people out there, you hope, um, curating the playlists because they really love music. They're out there and they're really researching and finding the best of the best and trying to, you know, unearth new pieces of work that people haven't heard but mixing them with stuff that people have heard. And that's their, you know, that's a very... um, Uh, you have to have a real talent to do that really well and that's very necessary but also you know how to be how to be present in the space in the world with dialogue as well Um, and that is the mixture of of radio is that kind of chat and that that thing and I think when we get I think we might start to see a mixture of that in streaming where you start to see a bit of news feed come in that you maybe you could set your you could set how much news feed you want to get, how much, you know, you could kind of attune your listening experiences to, I want to hear more or less news, or I want to hear more stuff around the pop stars themselves, or I want to hear not anything about them, but I want to hear the music, but I want to hear stuff that's going on, you know, in the fires in the West Coast or something right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the thing about streaming is, at the moment, it's very hard to navigate around and really kind of find what you like. There's no real intelligent discovery kind of ways, I've found at least. I kind of get a bit lost and I just get a bit bored of it and just kind of don't switch off. Um, I don't like listening to music in the background. I like, if I'm going to listen to something, I really want to listen. So I think think in time we'll see more individuals becoming, you know, curators. We're going to have to need more human curation in the world. Um, But combined with, you know, AI and algorithmic curation, you know, maybe even something like you might be driving in your car and your ha- your uh, steering wheel, if we're still allowed to drive in 20 years' time, um, will be detecting your, like, galvanic skin response or your heart ratio or whatever, your heartbeat. Um, or it might be sensing that you're a bit fidgety in your seat. So it'd be like, OK, the car's, like, she needs to listen to a bit more of this kind of music. And we know her because we're already hooked up to her computer and her phone so we know her very well so now we're going to feed in some of this radio channel because they're kind of sending out that kind of music right now um so it'd be very like dynamic and spontaneous response to your own physical um self um so i think yeah combination of how ai and you know sensors and computer and getting to know you you getting to know your personal computer assistant um mixed out there with how are songs being defined, like emotionally defined or uh, temporally defined or spatially defined or whatever, weather defined. (laughs) Um, And then also the human touch, like how do you you bring something when somebody really needs something? How do you train the algorithms or, you know? I I don't know, I was just thinking the other day, I was in a I was in the hotel just down here and there's, I kind of couldn't sleep in the middle of the night because I was trying to write a speech. And I came out to get a free apple um, out by the pool. And I looked down and there was this little pool robot and it was going up and down, it was going ee, ee, like just cleaning the bottom of the pool. And then I could see it coming up to where, um, you know, people get in and out of the pool, the little, the hold it, the, yeah. And I could tell it was going to get stuck because it was just going to go up there and then it wouldn't be able to turn around because it's going to get stuck under the foot rest so as a human I could see that but as an as a, as a machine it couldn't it didn't know what was going on it was like I must go I must go but it didn't know where to go and it needed somebody to just go oh, turn you around you know <laughs> so there's something about that like the the algorithms of dif- you know trying to figure out 
what people are going to listen to. But humans can look at that and go, no, that's nothing like that, actually. You need to kind of do a bit more like this. And so how can we teach? How can we work together to be able to find and unearth all that magic that's out there underneath that, like, millions of songs? And so much new music released every single second of every day. Um, it's quite exhausting to think that even if you just listened non-stop to even just the music that's on Spotify, which is by no means comprehensive of all the entire planet's music, um, it would take you 170 years to listen from now, non-stop, if you didn't sleep, to everything on Spotify. Um, and that's a lot of music, you're never going to hear that. So it's very important to have human curation, you know, combined with AI to, um, to find exactly what we need. We actually looked at the data from your song, Hide and Seek, and one of the places where that song is getting most airplay is in a town called Meadville in Pennsylvania in the U.S., uh, which is like a college station uh, in a town that I personally had never heard of. Uh, do you think about niche markets when you promote your music and about where people are listening? Yeah, um, it's something I can't always act on because... Um for many factors of this particular tour that I'm on, it's been very hard to figure out where to play um, because it's not something. It's not as simple. I know it seems crazy because that's my job. Is I'm a musician, but I'm also like really into this at the moment. Um, and so, to kind of how to have more reach in this, I want to go where the musicians are. I know there's probably musicians in that in that in that city, <laughs> but um, or in that village or whatever it is. Um, there's probably lots of musicians in the university. Um, yeah, in the past, like, it has been hard. It's it's been it's been progressively harder to find out where your fans are because back before, excuse me, um, before digital distribution, it was pretty like you just knew where your records had sold. That's where you go play because there wasn't really. I mean, you might have, but only unless you got to a certain like height of fame would you ever like reach the streets of India or something in cassettes. So you didn't have to ever worry about that like, unless you got to like Michael Jackson fame. Um, but for me, it was like, okay, well, we know we sold that many in the States, we sold that many in Canada, that many in Australia, and that many in Japan. Um, but then when digital happened, uh, and I was looking on Twitter one day, I noticed like all these um, tweets in a, in a language I didn't recognize. And I asked somebody, I was like, can you find out what they're trying to say? And there are people in Indonesia saying, please come to Jakarta, you know, come over here and play. Well, and they weren't actually talking to me. They were just like, we wish Imogen would play over here. But they weren't directing at me because they're speaking in their own language. So I thought, okay, well, let's see if we can get a gig. And just from that, those tweets, um, we found that we could get a gig in Jakarta for 10,000 people and it sold out in like two weeks and it paid for the whole Australasian tour um, because we couldn't get those amount of people to go to Sydney, you know, or Melbourne or wherever. They were all in Jakarta, but it's all because they were just downloading it free or whatever they were doing because there's no Spotify there at the time. So yeah, it's how to find those anomalies. Um, and again, another reason why I love what Warm are doing and another reason why it's just you know, it begs for more integration between the services and the sharing of data and, um, and and helping the system flow. Because it's a combination of, yeah, radio, but also streaming, but also, um, you know, what other music do people like of mine, but they may not know it's me. So they might like a Taylor Swift song, but they might not know it's me. Um, and they might like an Ariana Grande song, but they might not know that that song's mine. Or 90% of mine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's... So it's about connecting the different types of data. Yeah. 
Yeah, but uh, but Warm is, you know, as we know, leading the way in uh, generating that data for artists to be able to, you know, see where their music is being played around the world and make conscious decisions or, or better informed decisions about where they want to tour. Um, and if I wasn't doing a complicated tour that I am right now, where it's like must go to where music makers are, must go to where conferences are, um, and must go to where promoters are willing to stump up some cash for me to go in advance, um, then you know I would I'd be using these kind of this kind of data more. But right now I've got other agendas. Um, but yeah, I can see it could it could help to go to a promoter and go look here's all my. So, you know, radio playlist data. Now, you may not think that anyone in Pennsylvania likes my music, but here is proof that the most played song, uh, you know, my most played song uh, is in this town, which is called Midville. Midville. Um, so, yeah, thank you, Midville. Hi. <laughs>